the typical stereotype of someone that actually just leaves, um, uh, drops out of school, is a failure, right? So I, I felt that. Like, I felt my friends from school started to look down on me. I seen my, my friend from people, people in the community started to put me down, you know? And it was like, what are you gonna do with your life now? You're, such a, you, you're so young and now your life's all over. And I'm like, wow, like, I'm 16 years old, give me a break. everybody thanks for listening to veil media's now you know podcast it's me will kinnikinny and uh, today we have another special guest that has local ties to our utah community but it didn't start out that way um our our guest is a former professional athlete with a sport that maybe not a lot of utahns are uh too familiar with but definitely the popularity in the sport is growing and hopefully continues to grow and and uh and uh, we're even involved in some ventures, you know what I mean, that hopefully can uh, bring more awareness of the sport here to our Utah community. But the sport that I'm talking about is rugby, more specifically uh, rugby league, league, which is a certain set of rules, uh, mostly popular in Australia, and that's where our guest is from. Uh, Tongan heritage, so we have some Polynesian blood ties here uh, with us also. Um, I'd like to welcome Fano Taukafa. Thanks, Fano, for being here. Or Steph. A lot of people know you as Steph, too. Yeah, the works, but thanks. Thanks for having <laughs> me on, man. We're glad to have you, man. I, uh, again, as we like like with all, all the guests that we've had before, we want to um, kind of just walk through your journey. Um, you have an interesting story. Obviously, you started out as, um, you started your professional career as a professional athlete, which is kind of a dream that a lot of young boys across the world have in whatever sport, if it's soccer, American football, rugby, basketball, or whatever, you got to uh, taste that dream and, and live it. Um, so I definitely want to get into some of that. Um, but, um, and, and and then you end up here in Utah. Yeah, that's great. And, and you're a fairly young dude. Uh, how old are you right now? 27. 27. So in your 20s, you start, early 20s, you start playing uh, professional rugby, and then uh, eventually end up here in Utah, and that's kind of the journey that I want to walk through, um, because it's an interesting story. Because a lot of people are going to be wondering, like, "Hey, Steph, or Fano, why, why the heck did you end up in Utah, <laughs> out of all places in in the world?" And uh, and I know a lot of it. You know I mean is is uh, you mean that I we've we've met a few times before this, and and I know that you're a pretty spiritual dude. And I know, it seems like a part of your journey definitely had um, some sort of spirituality. You mean your uh, to how you operate internally? You know what I mean? In, in in how spiritual you are, I think that has a lot to do with your journey here. But um, I just kind of want to give everybody where you where you're at today, and you're currently working here in Utah County, right? And uh, and you got some. I know that you're working on some uh, entrepreneurial endeavors okay. that's what we had talked about before um but let's rewind man let's rewind all the way back to the land down under man what uh what part of australia did you grow up in and um and tell us about what kind of kid you were you know, i mean growing up well thanks well thanks once again for having us ha- having me on uh born and raised in sydney australia um uh, to my two immigrant parents, uh, pretty much my parents were immigrants. 
from Tonga. Uh, so I was first generation, born and raised on one out of six uh, kids. And so, yeah, we've been brought up with just pretty much like every other Polynesian out there. Um, hardworking parents, don't really, don't have much academically, uh, but they've always driven in us, more importantly, the spiritual aspect, but also about working hard and, and doing whatever it takes for you to achieve your goal. Like my dad stored away. <laughs> uh, he wasn't the typical, made it to Australia for a plane or for a visa. He broke the rules, he broke the law, right. but he had the, the right motives. He had the right motives at such a young age, 15, 16, and we were just in the process of filming our feature film of that of that story. But he was born and raised in Tonga, but he it took him eight days on and stored away on a ship uh, in a full of containers. And so that's probably like another chapter, but the reason why I say that is because besides being brought up with two parents, a parent of, Factory workers. My dad was a forklift driver. My mum worked at a chicken, Ingham's Chicken, uh, on on the line, cutting up chicken all day, twelve hours a day. Uh, there was something very special that he always he always taught us, and that was that if we want to achieve anything in life, uh, we can put out whatever you put your mind to, you can achieve. And so that journey and that, that every family meeting, he was always telling us that you know every time we had. Uh, exams every time we had an athlete event af athletic event every time we had uh, a, a competition for footy uh, or anything in life right every time we said we cannot do it that's when he pulled out that story and said hey I still don't know how to speak English I'm here I'm married to your mum I've given you life and guess what don't tell me that you cannot take now the next step being born in Australia with all these resources yeah. and take it to the whole new level right yeah. and so that was the that was pretty much the foundation of of pretty much my my upbringing uh, was my, how many siblings do you have I have five brothers and one sister and, and where I'm do you right, from I'm right in the middle okay so I'm the fourth oldest third youngest uh, in the family and how was uh, how was that message received growing up was it kind of like uh, it was annoying man yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was annoying just like everything One oh of you always said where you can kind of finish the story yeah we were like you just said that last week dad like yeah. okay we get it you know and it's like as a typical teenager you think that you know it all or that typical child that just said all right dad yeah you, you you've just said that over and over again it's all right life's going to be okay but yeah. it wasn't until we had to pay our own bills it wasn't until we actually had to make a decision on where we wanted to go in life and, and really get out of that mess is that when that's when we were like okay mom and dad now we know what you're talking about especially us boys and i yeah. think he invested a lot in that um us boys because we're pretty much the next fathers or the next brothers in line you know so yeah. um pretty much a high school dropout dropped out of school uh i went to westfields high school with your cousins uh, jake and and also um uh, and so I was in Jake's year, but pretty much I'm a high school dropout. And so I knew that academically and, and, and formal education wasn't, wasn't the route for me at such a young age. The fears and yeah, so. Yeah, well, look, um, I wanna rewind a little Go bit. So like, uh, so you grow up in a, in, a, in a home that has pretty strong values. It sounds like your dad, had you know I mean kind of an idea of, of the things that he definitely wanted to instill in in uh, you children and uh when, when did you start playing rugby 
I started playing rugby at the age of, what, just like everything, five? Five. <laughs> Whenever I can pick up a ball. Now, for those that aren't familiar with rugby, because like over here when you play football, you can only play like flag football, right, non-contact, until like eight or nine is when you can finally put on the pads and, and run full speed and, and tackle each other. But in Australia, it's full contact at five years old. Right? Full contact from the day you choose to, whether you're four or five. Yeah, well, there's no... There's no uh, limitation to that you start you chuck your jersey on and you start contacting with other five-year-olds did you pick up straight away rugby or were you you know I mean how, how did you receive the sport I yeah just like everything man you you, you start running the wrong direction um, yeah it wasn't maybe until I was nine nine ten that I actually had, had the, the burning desire to actually um, to play and, and make it, you know, starting to think outside the square that, hey, my dad doesn't need to force me anymore. My parents don't need to force me to go and train. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So it's that that was the transition from being forced to go and play yeah. to keep busy to, oh, I can't wait. I'm school. I want to go train. Yeah. I want to go. So at nine years old, um, you kind of come into come into like another level of maybe loving the sport. Is that the same time? My, my real question is, when did you know you were pretty good, right? Because like at some point, like it, it, we know kind of eventually you're going to make it to the professional level. Um, did you know early on or were, were, was it all just you were playing for the love of the game at that point? 13, 14 years old, that's when I started to be like, I think I've got something, I think I've got a chance. And besides, besides the skill level, I think I was I was embedded that that kind of mindset. You know, like that kind of mindset of my, what my, my father has has taught me mm-hmm. started to now mix in with what was I capable and what I was seeing in my performance. Yeah, in whatever it was. Right now, it probably wasn't academically, but it was on the football field. And that's when I decided. That's when I was like, I think my maturity men- mentally started tapping into that. I think my skill level didn't didn't come because I didn't make every, so you have you have uh, representative football uh, competitions. So you have Harry Matthews at 14, 16, 14, 16. Are these like different teams that kind of only elite players make? That's right, out okay. of, so out, out of, oh, first one was around 16. So 16 is like your first kind of rep, that, that's when you start playing junior for the actual major league, okay. if that makes sense. So it was Parramatta Eels Junior. So that at 16 years old, you're out of the kind of club football and you start playing for what a actual actual national league in their juniors. Does that okay, make I wanna, sense? I want to see if I can paint this picture. Tell me if this picture is accurate because I know this stuff is kind of hard for like a lot of Americans of to course, understand because course. it's not structured the That's same right. way, right? So you have professional teams um, that are right the that's what that are called a part of the organization called the National Rugby League, right? Correct. NRL. These professional teams have like uh, junior minor league type teams. That's right. And within these junior minor league teams, there's different ages, right? That's that you right. Can, just to keep, uh, you know, for a younger. And I, I didn't know this, but you could be a part of that. You're saying it at, even in a high school age, right? It's not. That's is that right? That's right. So 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 you got the major league, and then you've got Pretty much in a nutshell, you've got under 20s, mm-hmm. then you've got under 18s, you've got under 16s. Mm-hmm. So that's the ladder in order for you to then make the professional game. So for you to actually make the under 16s teams, you're you're in the you're in the discussion 
to eventually be invested in. Mm-hmm. Find a manager, find you know, find your first contract here and then. That's to a lot to go through at sixteen, so, man. Yeah, it is. It is. Because over here in in America, like if you're gonna play professional, it's almost like a given that you have to finish high school before you can even talk about anything. And then for most people, there's the you have to go to the college route. Now there are exceptions, right? The Lebr- LeBron Jameses of the world and. And baseball kind of has some uh, like minor league that, type yeah. of things uh, that you kind of play through first. Um, but kind of just the general rule of thumb is it's you play collegiately for, you know what I mean, one to four years, and then you can decide. So I think um, maybe understanding that structure is beneficial. But let's go back to this decision. When you're in high school, you realize you're pretty good. Sounds like at 16, you make this um, – Elite team of athletes. I didn't make that team. Oh, you didn't yeah, make I didn't the make 16. That team. So that's what I was saying about my maturity, my my my, my mentality started tapping in at the age of thirteen. My skill level. Not so yet. even even yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not yet. So even at thirteen, I already knew. But at sixteen, I didn't even make the cut. Uh-huh. I didn't make the training squad, but I never made the final cut. Yeah. I didn't make it into the the competition, which is like around it's a, it's a twelve week competition. I didn't make that. So then the next one I had to catch was the 18, right? And so that was my upbringing. I wasn't academically smart. And then also it took a while for me to actually catch up to what my, what my mind was actually getting to. Okay. And to 18. When, uh, when, when did you decide uh, that you wanted to drop out of high school? When I when did I decide or when was I nah um, <laughs> I decided oh, so pretty much as, is that sophomore sixteen yeah yeah so I completed my sophomore year and then that was it then I, I I decided to yeah we just didn't work out well when it came to the last two years and I just felt that I that's when that's when I was serious about becoming a professional athlete. The great thing about the great thing about rugby league back in Australia and being professional is that you don't need the academic status in order for you to achieve it. You can actually be the best player or and you can perform at a best player and they don't look at as long as you're performing, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. So that yeah, that would coming back to your question. Sixteen years old. Sixteen years old. Sixteen, seventeen years old. Yeah, let's unpack that a little bit because I I think I want to dive into that a little bit more, just because I think um, I mean there's a lot of parents who hear that and they're like cringing and they're like, oh I don't want my you know I like I don't want my kids to be dropping out of high school you know what I mean, Um, but uh, and and it's kind of like something that's right like most people would think when they hear high school dropout like. Uh, you mean all the negative connotations that are attached to that um, but then there are success stories right like I, I know that Richard Branson right uh, over in the UK Mr. Wrote, wrote he literally wrote a letter at his eight when he was in grade eight to his mom saying that school wasn't for him right like that's how like yeah. confident that that's pretty that's pretty epic as well um, I remember that, that brought so much comfort to me when uh so much peace when I actually read that when I was a high school dropout as well. Yeah. There's some. Well, there's, and there's a, there's even some local entrepreneurs here who are doing some pretty big time things with the, in, in terms of uh, the funnel sales game. And, and we could talk about that too. But like, so, so it, there, there are people who I believe, right? Like who, who, like you, you bring up your, this, this mental ability to be able to think past the situation and think past 
maybe the uh, negative connotations or shame that might be associated with this, in air quotes, uh, high school dropout, right? And, uh, and, and, and we know that you actually do make it to the professionals, um, like, like you mentioned at the beginning. Um, how do you respond to people, or how did you respond to people who at the time were like, Fano, I think you're making the biggest mistake of your life, man. This is not, uh, this is not something you want to do. You're going to regret it. How did you react or respond to them at that time? Well, you need, to look at, you need to look at the stereotype of what Polynesians do. If they're not academically smart, they're going to end up on the street or they're going to end up becoming great professional athletes. That's all it was. Uh, the typical stereotype of someone that actually just leaves, uh, uh, drops out of school, is a failure. right? So I, I felt that. Like I felt my friends from school starting to look down on me. I seen my, my friend from people, people in the community starting to put me down, you know, and... It was like, what are you gonna do with your life now? You're such a, you're so young, and now your life's all over. And I'm like, wow, like, I'm 16 years old. Give me a break, you know. And, but, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all, Will. You know, and we, and that's throughout, that's that's throughout the world. It doesn't matter where you're born and raised, but just, just because, because of education is so systematically embedded in a typical family you have your own family you send your kids to school they find out what they're passionate about when they when they graduate then they go and do what they want but um and so it wasn't easy it wasn't easy at all especially especially when i wasn't when i didn't even make the 816 age group competition that was even worse people that actually leave are actually some sort of some decent player right so i was already on the negative before I actually made the decision to leave school. Um, right, because so that, that was, it wasn't easy, man. Yeah, I, I feel like that would be, like, and, and tell me if this is right, but I, I feel like I'll feel pretty, pretty little, right, if I tell all my friends, hey, you know what, school's not for me, I'm going to go do this pro thing, and then the tryouts or whatever comes for the 16-year-olds, right, and that's my age group, and then you don't make the team, and then, I mean, I think if I know myself, I'd lock myself in a room and just not want to come out, delete all my social media accounts. I don't want nobody to be around me. Um, and to not to mention, you're 16 years old. 16, yeah. Right? There's, there's a lot of professional athletes that kind of go through this, but they're in their 20s, right? Because they're going to decide, hey, yeah. I'm going to go to the pros, and they don't get drafted. And, and that's a tough thing. That's a tough thing when you're a full adult. But at 16 years old, on top of dealing with kind of just the normal – Things of being a teenager and you know, mean pimples and all, right? Like, uh, you you decide to kind of put this kind of pressure on you. Uh, would you recommend that to the average teenager, or were you just better equipped uh, to kind of handle that, or maybe you were, maybe you didn't handle it well? Well, to be to be straight up and to be straight up, uh, my personal opinion is it just determines on on the individual, right? You, you like you mentioned, there is a lot of success stories of high school dropouts. It, um, but is it, it? It's just for the individual, right? And when I look back at when I look back at at the age of sixteen, it was probably me proving to myself that I was mentally ready for whatever whatever life was going to chuck at me. I wasn't going to live in the typical and, and be fake about you know studying. And, and of course, I take off my hat if that is your strength and that's what you're capable of doing. Go ahead and go all out, right? And and don't 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 pull don't don't hold back. But at the same time, there it's it isn't for everyone, right? And so, for me, I personally feel that I wouldn't be mentally strong um, 
if it wasn't for me dealing with that at a, such a young age. You know, I'm here in America, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll eventually get there, but I'm here in America, we don't have any siblings. I've got four kids under four years old, and I'm, besides actually providing for them, I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to, I'm trying to satisfy my wife and my kids to actually accept America. Regardless if we actually lived in New York, California, being away from your nest, yeah. being away from where you were born and raised and actually where you find comfort whenever, it, whenever it's times in need. It's, it's second to none. It, it's not easy no matter how much money you have or no matter what you have. Your wife's always going to have that. Mothers are always going to have that instinct. Kids yeah. have always wanted that. So in saying that, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. But for those that are at school, stay at school and do whatever it takes to actually figure out what you want to do in life. After that, do whatever it takes to achieve it. So I, I'm going to kind of skip back and forth on the timeline just to kind of compare and contrast a little bit. But like... Um, so you, we are here today, right? It's Correct. 2020 and you looking back to your 16 year old self kind of going through, you know what I mean? A dark time, right? Like I, I can't imagine that that was, you mean, all fun and games and joyous, you know what I mean? Emotions. But, um, when you look back now, are you grateful for kind of the fortitude kind of that was fostered in your household and then even going through that that at 16 years old do you feel like that helps you today it does and when you said that 16 you're looking at yeah it was around it, it was pretty much yeah it was over 11 years ago that this happened and to see what i've accomplished in 11 years and to see where i'm at right now i'm pretty satisfied with with that result um but however in saying that, that has been play, that has played a big part of, of my life, uh, and and of course the teachings of my parents of understanding and embedding in me that whatever whether whether I was whether whether I was going to be successful uh, academically, I feel that that foundation, that mentality of that I can achieve whatever and I'll do whatever it takes to go against the odds actually was embedded in me it was just a matter of me tapping into it and of course this is my this is my journey right now not academically but self-education has, has brought me and, and kept me going and also brought me um, some sort of uh, yeah and has created my family and, and being able to do that so I'm curious to know um, what, what was next and so like I, I keep putting myself in your 16. situation I'm 16 years old I didn't make this team that I was supposed to make, and I just kind of announced to everybody, hey, I'm done with school. I'm going to focus on being an athlete. I, I imagine there was probably a time, short or long, where, where you, you mean you were down and out, maybe feeling sorry for yourself for a little bit. But um, after this point, right, after kind of the initial shock of not making this team. And now living the reality. Yep. What, what, what did you do? So jumped into warehousing, right? So as soon as you hit 16 and nine months, you're capable of working. So me walking You could get a full-time job full -time and no one job. ask any questions. That's right. So I walk in. That's to, not normal. <laughs> I walk, also, I walk in. So I walk in to industries where there is people like my dad's age. Yeah. People that have had, have that, that are immigrants or don't have, or less, whatever it is, but they're older than me, right? They're looking at me like, how old are you? What are you doing here? And... I just had to deal with that, right? It will, I couldn't run away from it. Will the only thing I could do is just run straight through it. 
So right there and then I had to start providing, I had to start making money, I had to start figuring out my life. Like my parents did say, well, we'll back you if you go to school, but if you're not gonna go to school, then whether that you gotta, you gotta now cause the consequences and go and do what we've done in the past 25 years and start working. So you get a warehouse job, what about uh, what about training? What was your training regimen like? Training and working, man. Just training and working. That was it. That was all. So I, if I couldn't, so this was my mentality when I made the decision to be a professional athlete, and a lot of professional athletes or successful people do say it. If you want to become something, start becoming it now. Like start doing it. And so I said, well, all right, here we go. Sixteen years old. Let me go make a bit of pocket money, and let me go figure it out. Let me let me start training those couple of hours on my own until it happens. Um, I, I have a question, and this kind of goes back to the structure of how sports work over there. So like over here, 16 years old, right? If I, like I, I happened to play football when I was in high school, American football. If I dropped out, I couldn't play for my high school team because like the team was, you mean, attached to exactly. my school. Exactly. Is that is it the same over there? No, it's not. Okay, so, so you it's, could, a, it, it, it's specifically a different... Uh, Corporation or a different kind of system. It doesn't. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with school. Nothing to do. The, the, even that. I, I went to a sports school, so that gives you a bit of more credibility. I still couldn't even make the the sixteen year old team. So that was even worse. That was bad enough, right? Yeah. So being in a normal public school, it makes sense that you're not going to make. But I made it into a sports school, Westwood Sports High School. And Which is a school you have to try out to be a part of that school type of specific thing. like elite athletes. So I was capable to be fast. And I was capable of doing it, doing pretty much get get that uh, awareness. You're good enough to get into school. At 12 years old, at grade seven. I was fast, running around, tackled, was average. But when I hit 16, like, so everyone, as soon as you, as soon as they know your status, that helps you. But coming back to your question, the, it, the system, the, the school's got nothing to do with the actual competition itself, mm-hmm. right? There's players, we know Israel Folau, 17 years old, makes Australia. So he plays for Australia and being the youngest player to ever play for Australia. I don't know, there's only Super Bowl. There's only pretty much NFL here. But imagine playing for your country at such at, at such a young age. We can do that back at home. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Side note, I watched Israel Folau play <laughs> at a young age and he was crazy. He was crazy. And uh, yeah, he's he's a, he's a pretty, pretty good athlete. But... That was my introduction. My, one of my first rugby games, I watched him play. <laughs> but um, let's go back to you as a teenager. And uh, and, and I kind of want to focus in on some of the decisions that you made during this time. So we know that you're working and, and you're owning up to, you're being accountable. You're like, look, this is a decision I made. i got to hustle now. So now you're working with dudes that are your dad's age. Uh, or, or, other, or, or, other, yeah. or everyone else that dropped out of school. Yeah. That, that, are, that are probably... In their twenties, yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much experiencing what they, you know, and 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 everyone's saying, you know, yeah, hey, well, look at us, like, go and go and do something, go back to school, you know, you you're dealing with those kind of conversations, so you're feeling you're feeling left out even in that industry as well, right? Yeah. So, how did I stay positive in that? It was just coming back to it, like I just, I, it was it wasn't easy at all, like no one could comfort me, like besides. Drugs, like things that are, will put you out of yeah. being, it, it was just me being so positive. I've just been positive my whole entire life. So, and um, I'm wondering what, 
So you missed this. You missed this mark. You missed the market at 16 years old to join the team. So now, do you pretty much just have to work till you're 18 to 18. try out for the next professional level? Correct. Or you're good enough at 17 to play for 18s, which is what happened with me. Oh, okay. So you could try out. Like, so the 18 is more of just kind of like a the, benchmark the title, benchmark. yeah. And, and but if you're good enough to, to play with the 18 year olds, then you can do it. So, so I didn't know. So you you made this 18 year old league. At 17 and um, that's why now when you made the team did you quit your job your warehouse job and, and focus fully on I was jumping from job to job like I was yeah of course like as soon as I knew there was a bit of a sniff into this that's when I signed my first contract at 17 years old it was peanuts but I started getting paid a dollar for what I was doing for free anyway right. so it was a great investment a great return and that's when the great thing the great thing on my journey was when I dropped out of school in the process of me dropping out of school I reached out to Israel Flau and Chris Nanino which was NRL players okay and that was pretty much what driven and I think we had this conversation when we last caught up and that's inspired me on my journey of what I'm doing yeah. here and what, what I'm eventually but I reached out to someone that was already there and because Israel Flau played at 17 and played Australia gave me hope of what I was embedded in when I was little from my father yeah. that I wanted to go to Australia. I don't have my visa. People are laughing at him to leave Tonga and he still was able at 17 years old to actually achieve his goal to get to Australia. So then fast forward that to me, I, I did that the same, exact same thing. I made the excuse that I wasn't academically smart to then put my time and energy on something I really wanted to do and I reached out to these two influencers or these two uh, mentors of mine and throughout that entire journey until I signed my first contract at 17 they were there to actually guide me through the entire process nice you know what I mean and so like, I want I want to go into that specifically on how how you just reached out to them but before that I want to kind of maybe help our listeners understand this um, so that's kind of like equivalent to me maybe um, right so like that's that's equivalent to me maybe in high school, I drop out, and uh, and I have this dream to go to the NFL, right? That happens to be the sport that I played. And then I reach out to maybe Halotingata and Troy Polamalu, and I'm like, hey, uh, guys, I'm trying I'm trying to make it. You guys were the ones that did it. Uh, the situation's a little different because I know that Israel Folau actually did play professionally at 17 years old on the highest level, not just on the... Like an eighteen-year-old mark, he was. Jump, he, jumped, he jumped all those channels and went straight to straight to the yeah. the highest. What would what would equate to like the NFL or NBA uh, in terms of rugby league? Uh, so I just wanted to let people know that that's what it's like. That's right? pretty you, much it. You reached out to kind of the top dudes in the industry, or if you're a basketball player, reaching out to you know what I mean, Donovan Mitchell or, or whoever, yeah. and just saying, hey, check me out, dude. I'm trying to do what you're doing. Uh, how did you do that? Was it just like Instagram stalking these people and, and messaging them or did you have mutual rugby player friends? Um, 2017, 2007, 2008, I think Bebo was still around then. I remember Yeah, like Bebo, MySpace. MySpace and that. Kind so of Bebo, the so first wave of social right. media platforms. So Bebo was at that time, I remember very clear, I was in a, I was in a computer class and we weren't doing computer, it was pretty much a bludge. Um, and I remember being under the desk with a few of the boys just chilling out and me while they're looking on but Bieber on that aspect I was inboxing these guys and doing whatever it takes for me to get a reply and so I was just very consistent and persistent I knew that he was Tongan 
uh, Israel Folau. I knew um, Kristen and Inu went to the school. So I just knew at the end of the day, and we had some mutual friends, uh, but I've always been that kind of person that as soon as I can have a sniff of someone um, of, of getting their uh, attention, I just take it with two hands. So I did all I can. So I remember that first time that I was consistently Bebo, um, private messaging him saying, hey, it's me, Funnel, Dalgoffa, I wanna be a professional athlete. I wasn't even making the school side teams, didn't even make the, the, the competition at 16, yeah. let alone I wasn't even academically successful or achieving anything as well. So for me to actually do that, at, in that in that period of time, pretty much puts that's that's what drives me today, Will. You know, like that's what drives me for me to have everything against me, allows me to be like far out, and I actually pulled it off, and it did take me years, but you know, that's what drives me today, um, even till today, right now, um, on on that journey. But that's what that's the situation I was in right now, and that's how it reached out to me. So did you connect with these professional rugby players during this warehouse period of time? Oh, the entire process. Like oh. there weren't, there were one or two messages returned and it wasn't until 17 where my mentality and what I was telling them met my performance. I signed with their exact same manager. Oh, nice. Which <laughs> is like their agent, right? Their agent. Their manager, their agent, eventually they said, hey, we're looking to this guy. He doesn't have much, but he's been telling me he's going to be the next professional athlete. Look into him and see what he has. Oh, that's really cool. So if I understand that right, you're saying you connect with these guys early, right? Pretty young? Or early. You're how old 16. Were you? 16 years old. 16 years old. So you, you connect when? with these guys, and then um, over the course of kind of just getting to know each other and then figuring out your journey online... They reach out to their agent and they say, "Hey, check this kid out. You know, he's worth looking at. We've been communicating online, and uh, and you get in contact with him and, and you sign my first contract. contract. I signed my first contract with West Tigers at the, at the age of six, seventeen, playing under 18s. And so that one whole year by my my whole year alone, I knew that I had some sort of. And these messages weren't like these messages were like yes, thanks or thumbs up like these days, right? Thumbs up or yeah. like, right? But these one, it, that that ammunition gave me hope. Then I'll go back and enough. train. Yeah. yeah, that was enough. Then I'll go and train while I'm running up the hill, while I'm doing ladder drills or whatever it is. I'm thinking about them reading my message. And I was yeah. like, Fred, go again, go again. And so until I was like, and just like everything, when you want to be successful, when someone says, go and learn this skill, go and learn this, go and do this, and you go and do it, eventually there will be a time that they were like, hey, come to my office. Let yeah. me speak to you. Well, I think there's an important lesson there because I think um, some people might always be waiting for the perfect storm to kind of happen, right? And, and what I mean by that is like if I reach out, like if I'm an aspiring uh, business person and I reach out to Mark Cuban from Shark Tank, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and, uh, and, and he doesn't write me back this beautiful paragraph about how wonderful I am and he's like, wow, I've never met anyone with so much ambition and great ideas and dude, Will, you're just the best person. Like uh, some people are waiting for that. And and, uh, and sometimes you might just get a thumbs up or like a, 
or maybe just the little three bubbles that show someone seeing, or, or they just saw your Or even movie. seen, yeah. or even seen, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do it even till today, Will. You know what I mean? Like, I do it till today, and it's driven me to my journey right now. Good. Like, I, I, and, and like life is, like life isn't given to you, life is earned. As yeah. soon as you accept that, you need to start planting seeds everywhere. Yeah. Let alone, I've, I've, I've tapped into Mark Cuban, I've sent him, I love his, I love his journey, I love other billionaires. Yeah. I've emailed them, I've texted them, of, of whatever it is, but it's all part of the journey. Don't wait until it's actually, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it works, man. Like, just yeah. to let you know. Well, and, and, and what's there to lose? You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing to lose. Exactly. Like, and, and, but I, I, what, I, what I really like about what you said is, is uh, you know what I mean? It wasn't these flowery things trying to give you confidence. Uh, we had uh, Harvey Longy here the other day, and uh, he was telling us, he said that one of his, uh, one of the best advice uh, pieces of advice that he would give is that nobody feels sorry for you, dude. Just get out there and do it. You mean something along those lines, and uh, and I think that's pretty powerful. You know what I mean? We're, we're sometimes I think maybe we're uh, hypersensitive to to things today, and and I've, and I don't know yet if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I do have some concerns about it, um, but man, don't don't wait for the perfect situation. You know what I mean? You're, uh, uh, you mean a young sophomore in high school reaching out to, you know what I mean? These elite players in 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 the NRL, and uh, and they respond just with what would equate to, yep or thumbs up, man. You know what I mean? But that was enough to, to fuel you, like, dude. Someone, was, someone believes that, me. That was enough, man. That was enough. In that time, that there were the there were the, the the million dollar babies. They they just debuted and then they started. They signed their next contract. Who's that? Who's that quarterback for the? Um, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, right? Exactly the same. They make their debut. Then he, this is his first kind of real contract Patrick, after after, it, after he got drafted. Yeah. So that's exactly like these guys. They debuted at seventeen at, 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 at a young age at 07, and it wasn't until oh nine that they signed their million dollar long term deal. Yeah. And imagine me, someone you know, reaching out to them, and so it works, man. For those listeners out there, man, like it doesn't matter what situation you're in if you want to get to a financial situation or you just want to get to a position whatever career that it is it's pretty much worth actually reaching out to someone that's actually been there because if you really understand well everyone even this the owner of this building started off with building one house or flipping one yeah. house or doing and then now everyone's looking at the kind of glifting glamours but people will respect those that are really putting the effort in and people that are successful actually love people that are effort that, that put the effort in yep, so that, that's a I think that's a common thread to a lot of the people that we've interviewed on our show, and so I'm glad that you brought that up. Now, I, I mentioned this at the beginning. You're 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 a spiritual dude. Anyone that meets you uh, within your first encounter, I think, will pick up on. Uh, you mean you take things of a spiritual nature very seriously. Um, you make the you make the team at 17 and 18 years old. I, I'm I'm sure that in your mind you're thinking, dude, I got a shot at being a professional. Because um, after the 18 team then it's the professionals after that that's right so it's 18 yeah so it's 18 20s but 20s is pretty much the make or break you're going to actually make a career out of Uh it unless you're the kind of late boomer then you're actually going to boom later on Mm -hmm. but pretty much after 18 they start picking up just like the nfl Mm it's like you can pick up someone that's been but you would rather invest in someone that's fresh out of college yeah um to actually sign them up pretty much like the zion williams you know like kind of thing uh, but but in saying that, it's very hard to be the Zion Williams at 25 years old. Yeah, you know what I mean? Of like, course. so at the end of the day, 
uh, after 18s is pretty much your make or break if you're yeah. actually going to do that. So I'm wondering now, because now you're on track, right? Yeah. Now, now, now. I'm caught up with my mentality yeah. and also my skill level. Yeah, you're, you're on track and, and all the people that were doubting you at 16 when you didn't make the team, now they're starting to eat some of their words and, and I'm sure your confidence is building and, uh, and you're doing the right things to make it to the professional level. You have some really cool mentors and, uh, and then you decide to switch things up and I'm sure it threw a lot of people off when you decided that you wanted to go and, and serve a mission uh, for the church. That's right. And, uh, and you mean, and, and wh- wh- why? Yeah, exactly. It, it didn't help. It didn't help when I had an agent of Mormons that didn't go and serve a mission, <laughs> right? So uh, one of them was Christian Aninu, and he didn't serve a mission, and he was the million dollar baby. When he decided to go on a mission, and like you're saying, you never look down on anyone's decisions, but you, at the end of the day, um, I had that pressure. I had the pressure of someone. I had the pressure of someone that's already gone through it and didn't go on it and then someone like me that was like no i want to go and so what i had to go through was it wasn't it, it wasn't easy because you had people like you had to, i didn't have a name i didn't have a name yet like yes i played but i wasn't in a way that i wasn't on in the, i wasn't on the, front, the, the front headlining, page, headlining and stuff in order for me for my agent to get the return and also all some sort of uh guarantee that if I do go I'll come back with something you yeah. know like and so it was it wasn't easy it wasn't easy as well but then that's when it tested my inner strength my, my inner self on who I really was mm-hmm. and judging myself on was I was I living my life on for that time was I living my life with my person with the inner person of who I am or the out the external, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people do live in the external. A lot of professional athletes go depressed when their team's not making it. We're seeing with win, you know, or they, they, they're not doing well, or they do achieve everything, but they're still depressed, or they still go through hard times because mm-hmm. they're focusing more on that outward expression rather than focusing on who they are in, internally, right? And internal. So that's when I, that, that time period, it was pretty much the testing factor that, hey, I'll go serve a mission, I'll come back and I'll still pursue this. I don't need to be in the headlines and I don't need a guaranteed contract to determine my mentality and my will power to actually still achieve it. It's not easy when you're in the business game. When you're in the business game, you look at the tangible stuff. Sure. But I just knew and that's all that mattered. Whether it was going to be with the agent, it was. If not, someone else is going to get me there. And that's the kind of conversation I had with him. Right, so this starts to be maybe kind of a reoccurring theme for you. Then, you're at, you're at, you're at sick. You decide you're gonna drop out. People are like, dude, you're crazy. Then you don't make the team. Like, dude, we told you you're crazy. Then you make it. Like, all right, we'll eat that. And then, and then it's like, and then it's like, all right, hold this. I'm gonna go and serve a mission for my church, and then uh, and I'll still come back and play. And people are like, dude, lightning doesn't strike at the same place twice. Who who do you think you are? Um, but at this point, I can I, I would imagine that maybe your mental callus to kind of brush all the, these people off is um, maybe stronger than you mean obviously the average person your age. As soon as soon as I left school and then I, I signed my first contract, that was it. That was game over. Even till today, I just knew. I just know the formula works. The formula does work. This it does take blood, sweat, and tears, but it works. If it 
it literally works. And because I've proven it and and I was the one that's seen it through and right. gone through it, then I was like, cool, don't worry, I'll just do this again. It, 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 it will be the same thing. Yes, he said the same thing. Try to convince my dad. My dad tried to do this exact same thing. And I just said, very simple. Everyone that is all my influences in my family, like everyone that has been in the circle of my family had to really seen it again. And I just said, all right, listen here, just sit back, stay in your lane and let me do this again. Now, there are, there are people who are spiritual like you, right? Especially here in Utah, right? The church has a really strong presence here. But then there's a lot of people here in Utah that feel the opposite, right? And maybe they don't have any kind of spiritual ties or beliefs in, in God or a higher power. And so um, I'm interested to, to know, do, did you feel like that you taking this time off to go and, and serve a mission uh, for, for, for the church, um, did you feel like that you were going to get some returns in terms of your goals as a professional? Like, did, Was there any ties or were you like, look, this is something I just got to do to my belief and it's maybe more of just a checklist? Or did you... Uh, believe that like this would actually increase your odds the great thing the great thing that i did to reach out to these influencers is that i knew what i was gonna face if i didn't go and go on a mission mm-hmm. does that make sense sure. so i already knew that they didn't go on a mission i hung around them i knew i know what it means to be on where's the most expensive place around here front view water you can see the sydney harbor yeah. right they, they've got an apartment they've they've any girl you want, yep. right? Any girl, fame, money, they, the cars. I've been in that. I didn't own it, but I've been in that. Yeah, I've been, I've been to the their, ga- I've been to their games where everyone's flooding them. Yeah, where security is actually following us back to following the individual back to the car to escort them. I've seen it, and that's what led me towards me knowing that I know, like, do I, is, does that really matter to your life, or does that matter to your life, mm-hmm. right? And because I love them. Till to that today, we have a great relationship with them, especially Christian Inu, is that I've seen it all, but then I've also seen the other aspect of going on a mission. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what that was the that was the return on me actually reaching out to these these two influencers is that I experienced the fame, the money, the lifestyle of what they've gone through, and I questioned to myself, listen to this. This is funny. That I would go Days, weeks, I'll come back, I'll go back home, and it's that, that is what I was missing. What I felt at home, I couldn't feel when I was at that luxurious home. Living the fast life. Living the fast life. Being in those cars, being in, in the presence of, you know, you're, you're, in, you're, in, you're in events, and anyone can just be like, yeah, tell me, you know, give me your mate's number. He's a cutie, whatever it is, and I'm just like, yeah, sweet. And I'm getting that instant kind of uh, attention. And I, I imagine the individual, yeah. you know what I mean? Imagine the inboxes that these professional athletes are going through. But there was always one thing missing every time I went home, no matter what it was. And every time you went and home, those two hardworking factory workers don't know how to speak English always brought something to my life that has changed my entire life in the yeah. way that I was. And it couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't substitute that. And that's what led me towards me making a decision that I knew that I could achieve it, but I'm not going to gamble what matters more to me in my life and what I, what I didn't feel. It's funny because it, you're, you're talking about like something that's huge and tangible, then you're talking about some feeling 
you can't, what are you battling with? Yeah. That's not easy, especially at age, at that time. But I just knew that I was, I was matured enough to be like, that can wait. Let me go do this and discover this. And that's what led me towards me serving my mission. No, so I, I want to I wanna make sure that I understand this right. Um, and then I kind of want to move it. forward in the story. But um, so you, you viewed it. It wasn't like... Um, I know I know a lot of, of a lot of friends of mine, right? They they uh, they play sports and, and a lot some some of them the ones that are spiritual, right? They think uh, or you know, mean it, it, they believe that it you know, mean impacts their performance on the field or court or, or what have you, right? Um, but it sounds like you kind of were thinking even past the sport. You're like my return doesn't necessarily have to come. You mean on the field? Maybe just more character building in. Like the the intangible stuff that you're talking about, I think that's a pretty mature, pretty mature outlook considering your age at 18 years old to kind of break it down like that. Whether you agree with the higher power or not, that's kind of a, a mature way to break break that down. Probably due to you know what I mean kind of the things that you uh, grasped onto really early, uh, starting with your father instilling you know I mean certain core values. Let's let's move forward, push fast forward a little bit. You, you served the two-year mission, you loved it, you come back, and now it's time to get back into the pros, and you do it, and what's the what's the first team that you end up joining? Cause West Tigers, I went back, I went back to the team that let me go, okay. and said that, the, and said that they're never gonna contact, con- when I left, my manager said that they were, he, he wasn't going to sign me, mm-hmm. the club said that, don't ever think that we're gonna look at you again, they were the two that were the first, to sign me and also to back me when I got back off my mission. And it was the West Sydney Tigers. You West said? West Tigers. West, West Tigers. Tigers. West Tigers. So West Tigers, and, and they're located in Sydney, Australia. You, Correct. You signed a contract with them. Now, are they a good Peanuts. team? Oh, so not a very high-paying contract. Rubbish. And uh, and and what about the Tigers? Were they a good team at the time or? Bottom of the food chain. Bottom of the everything. Team. I don't know what NFL team doesn't have. Maybe maybe what happened with the Lakers. The coach doesn't go along with, I don't know, I don't know in depth, but the coaches are not in line with the board and the owners of the, sure. of the club. That's what was happening. Just kind of Tigers. chaos in the office and it translates down to the field. That, that was what was the happening. organization just wasn't maybe successful as of recent years at that point. Exactly. And uh, and you you play with them. Reserve, for, reserve. Reserve. So that was happening on the top. Imagine me playing reserve. So that was me when I come when I came back on mission in 2013. So two, 2013, you accomplished the goal. Now you're at this level, but you're on the reserve squad Correct. of, uh, at that time, maybe one of the worst teams in the it national It was the worst team, yeah. It was correct. the worst team. Um, and you play with them for a year? Correct. And then you uh, you end up signing with uh, the, what is it? South, South Sydney, Sydney Rabbitohs. South Sydney Rabbitohs. Which uh, owned own side note, yeah, owned by Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, and they just won the premiership 2014. So that's like going from like the worst team to whoever won the Super Bowl last year, or to a, a legacy dynasty like the Patriots or whatever. Correct. Um, so now you're um, at the best team in the league, right? Um, and you're living your dream, man. And, and uh, what was it like now that you're kind of in your second year? And you're playing professional rugby, um, and your your dream that you had set out to do it is, is, is seriously at 16 years old. 
is now a reality at 21-ish years old. Correct, 21. Yeah, that was 20. 28, yeah, 22, 22. 22 years old. Uh, the dreams of reality um, at that point, what, 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 was that, what was that like? It was good, man. It was very satisfying. And when you're actually, when you're actually seeing what you want to achieve and what you, when, when it does become reality, it's funny that it doesn't really seem that because you already accepted it. You already knew that it was going to happen. All these years uh, of me seeing myself, you know, seeing myself doing, playing at, at that right stadium, I actually have the exact footage or the exact photo of that corner that Israel Folau jumped in the state of origin, me jumping in the air, exact same footage, the exact same position, just different jersey, and that was that that was mind blowing. Like me seeing that, me being in that position, that first that corner in that stadium, Israel Folau, me seeing him at the age of sixteen jump and actually catch that ball, I I did the exact same pose exact same photo the exact same corner years later right and so it was very satisfying to me to know that when I went against my when I went against my gut felt feeling that was the secret to it because for those two years of my mission and for my one year coming back I knew who I was I knew what I wanted to achieve and that was the secret for me not seeing myself external because I was reserved. I was at the bottom of the food chain. How, how do I attract myself? It's because I had the same, I put myself in a position when I met with the coach, it was game over. He knew that he wanted me to have, because I had the right attitude. I, I knew what it meant to actually achieve and be successful. And he wanted me to be part of that. What about, um, well, yeah. Let's 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 go back to you to your life journey, right? Because again, this is a reoccurring thing. Yeah, it happens. You, you yeah. like you like to throw people off, right? <laughs> right when people think they can, uh, you mean finish your trend line and, and figure out what your trajectory is, they uh, you, you always pull a fast one on them. And so now, you're playing in the NRL. You are playing for the best team. You start having these cool pictures taken of you that are poster like and in the same poses of. Idols Once that you had I actually looked up to. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then you decide to pull another fast one and really early in your professional career decide to walk away. And not just walk away. A lot of people walk away and they kind of stay within the industry in terms of coaching or training or, or, or you mean something within the realm of, you mean, athletics. You decide to walk away and move to a whole new continent uh, with your family, and you're recently married at this time, you have a kid or two, um, and now I'm sure. And it seems like with your journey, every every time you throw one of these curveballs to people around you, the the audience gets a little bit louder with every decision, right? So like, first it might have just been your close friends, right? Like, dude, what are you doing? And then you mean you get a, like a little bit of a, a community or local status because hey, the local kids starting to do something, then you throw them a curveball. Then you're on the professional level, so now you have a bigger audience or more eyes on you um, watching kind of every decision that you make, and especially these diehard rabbit hole fans. They don't want you to taint their legacy that they've been building. And now you're a part of it. You've proven that you're a part of it, and then you walk away. So now you're dealing with a lot more noise. I know in principle it's the same thing that you're dealing with. Um where did that Where did that take you, emotionally or mentally? It, 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 it smacked me, man. It smacked me right on. Uh, 
they smacked me right on the floor and like i said man it was you couldn't you couldn't see it on paper you know what i mean you're looking at you're looking at a 22 year old that just signed a couple a a a, a two-year contract top 25 right this is guaranteed top 25 so you're guaranteed in the 53 squad regardless this is how much you're going to be paying i'm living the lifestyle living the lifestyle of what professional or what people want to live i'm living right in the sydney of sydney i'm just married i've got it all right like and so you got the beaches you got the city like you got actually um i don't know what's equivalent but you got george street which is right in the middle from 50 meters away you know 50 50 yards or whatever you can call it that was my lifestyle when i signed and it was it was one year it was one year i didn't even finish my contract and it was one year that i decided to leave and so no one couldn't see this on paper and you couldn't see like once again the tangible kind of proof that why you're leaving right and this this is going back to me personally i felt that there was a person there, there was my instinct um if those that don't believe in god you follow instincts you see you see a lot of successful people um, say that but i followed my instincts then i felt that there was something more to life than actually what i was doing and what i was projecting to do i was able to um I wanted, I had a goal, 22 to 32. I wanted to play for 10 years. I wanted to build a portfolio in property, similar to what my parents did. I was like, man, I'm gonna win. You know, I'm gonna win from my parents that worked factory and build a portfolio in properties. I'm gonna do what I love doing. And this is great. Um, But I actually left. And I actually left at one of the most, you know, determining times of my, my career because I'm still fresh. It's like me coming straight out of college. Um, I haven't played for two years, so I'm 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 advanced, and and, and far, I'm, I'm, my body is in a better position than those that were playing in those two years. And so, once again, as soon as that happened, as soon as I was in that position, will I just felt that there was enough for me to prove, once again, exactly before I went on my mission, that kind of feeling, yeah. and when I left school as well, you know, like. I just went, all right, here we go again. What is it? I felt down. I felt depressed. I didn't want to leave. You got a bit of a little fan base. Then you got a bit of some likes on Facebook and everyone wants to be um, your friend on Facebook and everyone's posting and tagging you on games days and all that stuff. And that crowd, like you said, was was bigger. You know, when I decided to leave, it's not like me walking back door and not seeing if you leave the professional game in my status as a high school dropout, you're going to end up in the factory. You, you're not, you, you know, like that's the statistics. That's what the world, that's the world judges. The, the world judges on those kind of things. Yeah. And once again, I went against the grain and, and improving that. Um, maybe we can, I, I want to start to wrap it up, but I, I, I want to know, what your advice would be because you you unusually you've gone through kind of this this uh process of going against the grain and trusting your instincts or you know what i mean the you know what i mean you i'm sure you might word it different as a religious person um but um what do you what's your advice to someone because because we talked before this before before we hit record on this and you mentioned to me leaving the, uh the professional uh sport of rugby was the darkest time uh or maybe one of the lower points of of your life um and i think everyone not everyone's going to play professional professionally a sport right um but everyone is going to hit 
a time where they're not used to that much darkness in their life, right? And and maybe that many voices or doubters or whatever. Um, what is your advice to anyone that that goes through this? And and I think your perspective is unique because it's repeated. You you've done it time and time again, and I'm sure you'll do it again. You know what I mean? A few more times before before uh, before you before we gotta let you go here in life. <laughs> but uh, but. I'm I'm wondering what your advice is because you, you're you mentioned you're a positive person, um, and not a lot of people are able to stay positive. Um, what would you counsel to someone who's in a in a dark place and and things were going according to plan and now they're not? Replace expectation with appreciation would be my advice. No matter where you are in life, you look you look at successful people. You know, I've got some meetings with some. I've met with some successful people that you have. They have the biggest house here, probably one of the biggest houses here in Utah. They probably built a great portfolio and multiple streams of income, yeah. right? And they're down. I, I remember um, exactly the same when I was in South Sydney Rabbitohs. I've seen the guy that's he's 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 the LeBron James and Tom Brady walking into the facilities, asking guys that he's that he that he's gone for a dark time. Does anyone of the boys want to hang out with him? you know and it's those moments in life and, and something that i've really come true to those you know what well, the reason why i say that is because sometimes people actually look at the external and, and pretty much what people have the materialistic things of, of what people have in life yeah. and judge it by that right but I've, I've met enough i've seen it enough but the reason why i say replace expectation with appreciation is because whatever you have in life the only way you can feel fulfilled in life is actually when you do that, you know. I always want. Oh, I want my, I want my hair. Or I want, I want to be brown like you, Steph. Or I want to, I want to go to America like you. I want to have, a, I want to have a grown family and be willing to travel around the world. How do you do that? How do you pop a baby every four year, every year <laughs> for the past four years and still be able to be like, I'm going to America and figure it out and then be where you are now. And the little, the little bubble that means a lot to me is what we've created and what we build, no matter yeah. what we have in life is we're always replacing expectation with appreciation because we're always living in this fast-paced world. We're living in this world and we, 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 we cannot, you cannot run away from it. It's always gonna be there. Internet's exposing kids at a more younger age. Look at what we're fighting for. Yeah. You know, look at what the world's going through. You know, look at what we're going through in the US right now. And no matter what it is, if you actually replace expectation with appreciation, that's the secret to what these people that I've met, they've started to realize, Steph, I've always wanted this kind of flashy house and all this for my kids, but my kids worry more about me being spending time with them, yeah. you know? Or, oh man, like, you know, they, they're starting to then have that kind of trans parents or people that have been, you know, people that have left or been divorced in the professional game because they focused more on that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in the real estate game, same thing. They, they're more worrying about the sales of, of what they want to achieve and they lose it all. And then when they become the number one um, real estate agent in, in, in the nation, then they're like, oh, okay, where do I go now? You know, So replacing expectation with appreciation, whether you have $1 or negative thousands of dollars in your bank account, or you have the money in the world, it would always be, it would always be the secret towards fulfillment in life. And that's what I live by. I live by fulfillment. I don't live by actually the tangible things in life. And that's what I've done with those three things. Coming to the US was the fulfillment of me achieving it, not the actual 
oh, I want to prove you wrong, Will. Or, yeah. hey, guess what, kids? Like, parents, family back at home, this is what I'm doing. Or exactly like, oh, why don't you do that? I don't want to do that for 10 years. I want to, uh, my life's short. I've had experience of it. I don't need to experience that for 10 years. I know what it feels like to be in the top of the game. I know what it means to hang around the top of the game, the culture of the game. Cool, I've learned that lesson. See you later. I'm going yeah. moving on. So that kind of that kind of crazy life that people are living on and that you'll continue to live no matter what happens, regardless if you have all the money in the world or you have nothing, just replace expectation with appreciation and see how you feel inside. It'll take you a long way in life. Appreciate you sharing that. I have one more question, but I kind of want to quickly highlight where you're at. And and uh, because you moved here, so you finished your career um, as a professional rugby player, and you moved here in 2017, right? Right, 2017. So, oh, that was the first time I came here. Oh, so you moved here 20 last year, 19, 18, 18 months ago. Okay. I came. I came here. First time I came here to discover my first my first encounter of the U.S. was 2017. Okay. Yeah. And then you moved here last year, 2019, and really quickly you become the sales leader at the company that you're working at. Correct. And, um, and, and, I, I'm, and I'm excited to see what you do, man, because I know we've talked offline about um, kind of a, a project slash business that you're going to be uh, involved with, and, and, uh, and I'm sure people will hear about that here shortly um, as you make things public. But um, I, I think, uh, n- number one, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what – what, what's in store for you because you, you it seems like you have a habit of proving everybody wrong uh, in a good way um, but I, I want to wrap up with this question when you look back at your life and you kind of had a, a really crazy life considering everything that you went through not the average person goes through so much stuff at, at a young age um, and feels all that pressure that, that uh, you had felt and, and even from serving the church mission and getting married and having kids or a young dude with a fairly big family considering your age, all of that considered, ups, downs, highs, lows, tears, blood, sweat, laughter, what are you most grateful for? I mean, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for my mentality. I'm grateful for things that are not tangible that I received in life. I received like I, I'm grateful for that story and that that I, I was I'm was, I'm very grateful for my for my mental strength, my, my mentality that has got me through my life and, and continue to get me through my life. Um, because yeah, I've, I'm proud of and I'm grateful. I appreciate it. But that doesn't stop me from raising the bar of where, where I want to be mm-hmm. and what, what I want to achieve. And that was one of the reasons why I came to America, whether it is permanently or not. But my mentality that that I'm grateful for that, man. I'm grateful for that because that allows me to have that connection with God. I don't need to run my life according to the way the world perceives success. I know I'm successful. I know that I'm more successful than people that think and people that have successful things that people the, the way that the world perceives it right but i'm also grateful for the relationship that i have like everything every aspect how i can balance fatherhood be successful um successfully men- mentally emotionally financially and also um career wise it always comes back down to that one thing because i have to make a choice every single day whether i'm going to continue to nourish and strengthen my relationship with my 
my instincts or God, with my wife, with my kids, and then also with my career, and how do I balance that out and bring the most out of that as well? Does that make sense? Hopefully yeah. that does make sense because a lot of people are like, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't look down on anyone, but the way that I think about it is like, why don't I have a kid every year and still be at a position where people are making excuses or telling the world that you cannot have that? Or why don't you have be the have and perceive yourself as a believer of God and still be able to impact a certain amount of people? Why do you have to go through these kind of uh, roadblocks or these ups and downs? Why can't you just expand it and be and be a winner in every aspect um, and and still be able to do that? If that makes sense. And once again, that's just me personally. I just don't make excuses. I just, I just, you know, come here to America. I just need to, okay, are you the company owner? No. Okay, next one, next one, next one. Before you know it, people were telling me seven to ten years, five and a half months, I'm here. No one's going to tell me what to do. I'm here with my parent, my, my kids and my wife, legally, five and, a half, my half, five and a half months later. I wouldn't be able to do all of those things if I wasn't mentally strong to make sure those priorities are right and that I do accept it. I do accept that I'm a strong believer of God. I do accept that I have four kids and I'm going to have a grown family. And I do accept that I'm going to become whatever I want to become in the future. I can do that. And so why not? That's the big question. Like, Why not? Why, why do you have to believe that person? No, I can believe in something that's bigger that will actually whether it's my instincts or God, or whether it's just life in general, I can do it. And we'll do it. We'll continue to do it. That's pretty powerful, Fano. Well, Fano, also known as Steph, <laughs> Kafa, man. Thanks, Thanks for man. coming on the show, dude. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Love love your journey. Love your uh, love your platform. And I hope um, this just gives a, this is a drop in the ocean of um, your mission, man. Great, man. Thanks.